Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to the Seeking Excellence podcast. This is your boy, Nathan Cranefield, the host and founder of Seeking Excellence. Today's episode, I have the lovely, the wonderful, the amazing Emily Marie Harpole with me. And uh, we're talking about our story. Guys, we get asked this question often. Obviously, once you get engaged, everybody's like, how'd you guys meet? What tells the story? How do you propose? Were you surprised? Let me see the ring. That's my imitation of every woman in Atchison. <laughs> over the last few weeks but no it's great we love the uh, excitement and love and joy that we've received from everybody online in person family friends all that stuff but today we wanted to share some of our stories so we actually did almost an hour and, and didn't hit uh we barely got to like the halfway point but we really got over halfway um but you hear a lot of the ups and the downs we try to be transparent and real uh about how we met and all these things i think there's so much more we can still share and probably will push a lot of that to part two but i hope you enjoy part one if you do let us know what you think of it share it with your friends and we hope that it gives you uh hope for the future in your singleness or in your relationship god bless you were never out of the fight you were created for a time such as this you are now preparing to be sent into battle. God is calling you to be his disciple, to be formed in virtue and holiness. He has appointed you as an ambassador of his kingdom, to go and represent him to his people. And he's enlisted you as a soldier of Christ, to be sent out to fight for the good in this world. You are not made to make excuses. It's time for you to take extreme ownership for your life, for all of your life. It's time to rise up and finally be the man or woman you were created to be. Follow God. Lead others. And never surrender. It is time to begin seeking excellence. All righty then, here we are today, ladies and gentlemen. I've got my beautiful, wonderful, fantastic fiance with me today. Emily, my dear, how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you? Good. I'm, you know, a little hurt that you were just questioning whether or not I was recording um, based on the fact <laughs> I that I am a professional. And... uh yeah, I just, I think maybe lesson number one, it's just important, <laughs> ladies, that your man knows that you believe in him. And so when you're podcasting together, maybe don't start off with doubt. My bad. I'm sorry about it's that. It's okay. Yeah. Forgiven. Look, okay, this is a great. good example. Yeah, yeah we relationships. Just, conflict resolution. Yeah, I love it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> well, heck, thanks for joining me today. Great to have you. Last time we recorded, I think was in like 2016. So <laughs> it's hard getting this girl to sit down and do stuff with me. You know, she doesn't really like spending time with me that much. And right. No, I think one thing I was going to share is that I, I think that one of the ways I think we work well together is that Emily, I think that I'm a procrastinator, but like Emily is able to, you know, get really excited about things and push them off indefinitely, indefinitely. Yeah. No, there's no backstop. It'll just keep rolling and rolling. But if I am able to get you to sit down and focus on something, it went exactly like it does, or today went exactly like it does all the time. Right. 
where you sit down and you're like, I'm so excited about this. I love this. This is so fun. I just need to have a plan or else and I'm then like you sit overwhelmed down. by. Yeah. You write us a whole agenda and things yeah. like that. Yeah. And I'm an activator. Yeah. Not great on follow through, not a strength all the time. Yeah. And so. And I'm the opposite. Exactly. Yeah. Activation level zero, but praise the Lord. God gave you me. So what a gift. <laughs> What a gift. So anyways, today we're talking about from Instagram to engagement. Um, so we are engaged now. I don't know if you know this or not, but we are engaged, Emily. Me? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. no, I I'm talking about the like, listeners. But you do know because you're drinking out of your uh, future Mrs. Crankfield mug this, this morning. morning. Yeah. And I was drinking out of my groom mug. Thanks. Shout out to Sandy Crankfield, my wonderful mother for those gifts. <laughs> we're excited for that. And today, what are we doing today? Today we are going to do our wedding registry. Yeah. Well, at least part of it. Part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Tell we, the folks where we're going. Give give them the, the we're going, scoop. We're going into Kansas City. It's It seems kind of early to be doing it, but we have some early engagement parties coming up that, you know, wanted to kind of get the registry going and stuff. And plus, it's just really fun. Something I'm really looking forward You're not to. Not dreading it. No, I'm not dreading it at all. <laughs> by, by no means. Um, and so yeah, so we're doing that. We're going into Kansas City, going to Williams Sonoma and Pottery Barn. Oops. And <laughs> we'll see how Nathan's leg feels. Maybe That's right. throw in a few other stores. Right. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally. Like dreading like it right other now. stores like Chick-fil-A, yep. maybe a nectar <laughs> stop, you know. Definitely gonna be hitting up some other establishments. Can't wait. Can't go to KC without Chick-fil-A. Literally. Get a little sandwich. You haven't tried the spicy chicken. Grilled chicken. Grilled yeah. chicken, mm-hmm. yeah. Because I have all these allergies, but I can have the grilled chicken and I love spicy food. So yeah. I'm pumped about like it. Douses every meal we have together in hot sauce. <laughs> or or not soy sauce, but uh, coconut, coconut aminos. aminos. Yeah. The, yeah. Healthy man's uh, soy sauce. So today we're excited to share our story. You know, I know it's one of uh, our best episodes with Tori and Seth is when they shared their story. And Mm -hmm. so now that they were obviously married when they did it, um, because they started podcasting with us after they were married already. But we wanted to share now Instagram to engagement. It's it's a question we get a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. how'd you guys meet all that stuff. And uh, I think there's a lot to it that we haven't shared before. We definitely haven't shared publicly. I did a little bit the weekend we got engaged in the week on Instagram and stuff, but this is going to be the real deal background story. A lot of stuff that people haven't heard. All this background. Yeah. It wasn't just some random like online meeting or different things like that. There were a lot of different things that kind of led us to each other, which is awesome. Right. Yeah. Amen to that. So let's get into it. Do you, would you like to begin? Sure. In the beginning. We we kind of had this, yeah, chosen season two, episode one uh, (laughs) start thing where it's just like, where do you want to begin? And I was like, but before the beginning much like the apostle john right before the beginning you go like really to to the beginning beginning right yeah so in the beginning there was the word (laughs) and the word was with god right go ahead let's skip forward a little bit (laughs) yeah i'm gonna skip forward yeah yeah and then pick us up where you'd like to start sweet so i guess i kind of give the beginning of our or at least my knowledge of nathan we kind of had heard about each other before we ever really connected or anything like that and I remember um, I was a missionary with the Culture Project, and we were driving to, I was with some other co- uh, missionaries driving to a talk. I think it was like my first talk ever with the Culture Project, and we were kind of still in training and whatnot. And uh, one of our managers, Lucas, 
who is on the podcast who helps with seeking excellence all those different things now hero he um was kind of like an older brother to me he was my manager during the culture project and we were driving with him and i still just very clearly remember him telling me or telling everybody in the car about this guy that he had met who had applied to be a culture project missionary um decided you know it wasn't the right fit and whatnot but that he and this guy had continued to be really good friends and they were really like you know, challenging each other to be better. And they were learning all this different stuff together. And um, it was like one of his closest friends. And I still remember sitting in the car, like having that whole conversation, like looking out the window. It's like, it's kind of funny how that memory is just stamped in my brain because that friend he was talking about was Nathan. And I didn't put it together. Boom. Boom. I didn't put it together until later, my now future spouse, which is wild. Amazing. Amazing. Um, and yeah, and so that was just kind of funny because I put it together later on because Lucas, you know, is one of our mutual friends and somebody who, when I was getting to know Nathan, it just meant so much to me that Lucas approved of him and Lucas knew him really well and different things. And so knew you, I'm talking to the people, but you're allowed to speak to okay, the people. Great. They appreciate people. that. <laughs> okay. So yes, yeah, so that was like kind of the very beginning on my side of where I had like heard about this really awesome guy who was doing awesome things. Heck yeah, buddy. Yeah. Love that. Lucas, older brother figure to you, much like a son figure to me, you know, and so dear to both of us, for sure, and excited to be in his wedding up here in uh, October. So I'm pumped for that. Uh, But yeah, no, it was really, really interesting. I mean, I like the way that you put that we, me and the Culture Project decided it wasn't a good fit. Basically, I didn't get hired by the Culture Project is what Emily is saying. I didn't make the cut. I didn't have what it took or what it takes. What it takes to be like Emily Harpole at that time <laughs> okay. in my life. I had a lot of leveling up to do evidently. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't, it really wasn't a good fit for either of us, but yeah. <laughs> nevertheless, <laughs> I did get to meet Lucas there, which led in some ways to this. So mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. And it was just a great weekend interviewing with the Culture Project. So if you're wondering if you should go on a Culture Project interview weekend, I recommend it. Yeah. You know, one of my best friends there, which led to meeting my future spouse, my current fiance. So Woo. that's pretty fun. And then me and Lucas actually flew up. I actually flew up to Philadelphia from Austin, Texas. Crazy ironic now that Lucas lives in Austin, but I flew up there in March of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was right before. Yeah. And so this is the first time that he, anybody had ever told me verbally about you, but I'm pretty sure at this point before that, I had already been following you on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, I have no choice but i think to give the credit to that it has to be either michaela or caroline mm-hmm. so either michaela the artist formerly known as michaela rogers now michaela <laughs> robinson or caroline rose owens also a dear friend of ours um both of them are dear friends what's that both of them are dear friends oh yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. sorry michaela uh i love you as well and um <laughs> great thank you for clarifying yeah, you're welcome. michaela just jaw dropped you know what i mean she's probably in tears right now but anyways, so I had followed you thanks to one of them sharing your post one time. Right. And I was like, oh, she's cute. I'll follow her. And so I followed you on Insta. Then one day I share one of your posts on my mm-hmm. story. And uh, our other mutual friend, Tori, artist formerly known as Tori uh, Sanders, is now Tori Slayman, wife of Seth Slayman. You guys are all familiar with Tori and Seth. So who was my one of my college roommates? absolutely and yeah. was i mean we were working on the same team of 10 people at that name of catholic together and had just become homies because <laughs> i love me some tori <laughs> i think i've made that note many times before but i never want to not reiterate it so tori was like how do you know emily and i was like i super don't and she was just like oh okay cool i went to college with her and i was like that's cool she seems great but 
fast forward a couple months after that because I think that was in like January or February of mm-hmm. 20. No, it had to be even before that because I was really? on Exodus 90. Mm. So I wouldn't have had social media. Right. You know what I mean? So it had Dang. to be like in the fall of 19, winter time of 19. Anyways, I fly up to Philly. I'm hanging out with Lucas all weekend. He was living there when working for their CP. And uh, he tells me this story. He's like, man, we got to pray for one of those girls on my team. You know, everything was kind of going down with, with coronavirus back then. It was kind of the early stages where we didn't know what was going to happen. Whole Foods was like sold out. We went mm-hmm. to visit there trying to get stuff for dinner. It was crazy. And he's like, yeah, I got this girl on my team. She's kind of just struggling, going back and forth with her her dad about um, needing to go home for uh, because COVID. Of yeah, because mm-hmm. COVID and your immune stuff mm-hmm. and <laughs> diet restrictions and doctors and things like that. Yeah. And so here, this is the man that I'm going to someday ask to marry his daughter. <laughs> but we prayed for Emily together mm-hmm. that day, uh, which was really awesome. And so that was kind of the first time that I'd prayed for her. Mm-hmm. I guess technically speaking, I prayed for you long ago, but um, kind of knowing of you, at mm-hmm. least like first name basis, yeah. you know, praying for you, but never put it together that that was Emily from Instagram or any of that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of going on. Uh, and yeah, so kind of talk about what you were doing during that time come like March and and all that. March and all that. Okay. So I, my time in the culture project was a time of a lot of, I don't know, kind of desolation and and really being in a, in a tough place, especially in regards to relationships and questioning what was coming and questioning what was going on in my life and, and different things like that. Um, I had a lot of attachments to different people and a lot of attachments to different things, and I was really struggling through that. And so um, in February, somebody had given a talk to the women in the culture project and was talking about this consecration to St. Joseph, that um, it was a kind of a healing through the family, healing of these different things, kind of looking through the family and looking at the Holy Family as the guide in that. And when she was talking about it, I was just like, gosh, this is what I need right now. I really need to do this. I really need to commit to this prayer. And I really want to pray for my own heart and for my future spouse and all these different things. So Nathan just pointed to himself. Um, And so I I decided I, I wanted to do that, right. I wanted to pray for my spouse and pray for healing in my life and in his life. And so I, the, the consecration goes from the first feast of St. Joseph, um, March 19th to the second May 1st. And I just knew that I, wanted to kind of like start with a novena and then do the consecration. So I started with a novena before St. Joseph's feast day. And then I did the consecration for 44 days. And what was funny was by the time I finished the novena. So before the consecration even started, we were already all thrown back into our houses, you know, like coronavirus happened and, and all this stuff happened. And I was in a very different place than I expected to be while doing that consecration, but I was brought back into family life and I was brought back into the home and really had to face a lot of, you know, wounds in different ways and really had to pray through a lot of different things, um, kind of in that loneliness and that solitude. But I did the consecration of St. Joseph and, um, it was really beautiful. And I was praying for, I like wrote out a whole prayer for, um, me, like my intentions basically for me and my future spouse and like the healing that I wanted us to experience during that time. And what was really funny is I had prayed for radical healing or for something radical to happen to both of us. And I kind of like laughed at God after that, because literally every man in the world had something radical happen to them during the coronavirus, you know? Yeah, that's true. So, cause I used to be like, Oh, maybe like someday there's going to be this like beautiful story of like 
something crazy happened to the guy and something crazy happened to me, you know, and all this different stuff. And like literally every human on earth had something crazy happen to them, you know, with that. But which, yeah, I know. So it's my fault, everybody. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but, but it's cool to like now see a lot of what you were doing, like you were doing Exodus 90 and, and really healing and a lot of those things as well. So I finished the consecration on May 1st and that was the first day that, so Nathan had, we'll kind of backtrack, but Nathan had already kind of like slid into the DMs and had been talking to me a little bit, but May 1st was the first day that he really texted me or, you know, we had like more of like a personal conversation. Um, cause you were like driving somewhere or something and back to Cincinnati. yeah, you're driving back to Cincinnati. And so uh, I, I still didn't put it together until way later that I had been praying all those things and that it ended literally the day that we first really started talking on yeah. St. Joseph's feast day, but St. Joseph, the worker feast day. But, um, yeah, it was really beautiful to like, think about and look back on. And you always hear those crazy stories of things like that happening and whatnot, but that's what happened. And it was really beautiful. And honestly, I will say also my walls were really like, I, wasn't expecting much at the end of it you know mm-hmm. like I was more praying that like maybe someday when I did I wasn't expecting to meet you then like I was expecting that someday we could look back on that period of time and be like oh like you were also going through something you know um so you know I, I was right. kind of open to whatever the Lord wanted with that consecration and and then you know the day I, the day it ended here you are boom boom here I am came through in text messages questioning your love for kip Moore. <laughs> yeah. that's what our first text conversation was about i was asking country i remember music. put posted on my story like <laughs> top three top five country singers all the time this nutcase over here says <laughs> kip Moore top three kip Moore top three kip Moore. i, I mean kip, kip Moore is a, a decent opener you know okay, what i yeah. mean but kip Moore, top three. come on people you know this is questionable oh, so gosh. anyways Serious, that's what happened. I, I appreciate that. Let's go back to these DMs. You know, oh. I think that it's just an interesting thing because it really was like I was mass DMing mm-hmm. so many people for this event. So if you listen to my Life After Land podcast, I've already talked about this and what led to it. But just a quick recap is I was doing my first Life After Lent series with uh, Michaela Robinson and Father Michael Carraway uh, from uh, Louisiana. And we were uh, on Zoom and doing the Zoom webinar, it was coming up. It was actually on April 16th that we did the first one. And so I messaged, the, it was kind of like a few days before it, maybe a week before it. I, I messaged every Catholic young adult that I could find on Instagram, literally just a ton of them, asked them to share it, promote it, come, all this stuff, right? And I had like a running list of, of like women and priests that I would have mm-hmm. as guests because I planned to do like four to six of them. And so um, Emily was just kind of one of those people, but I think because she thought I was so cute, she like kept <laughs> talking to me about it, you know, like kind of respond. It wasn't just like, okay, thanks. It was more of like, a, oh, hey, how's it going? Sure, thanks for sharing sure. this with me. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to make it, but you seem awesome and I love you. And uh, that's what happened, everybody. Not yeah. exactly. I'm paraphrasing right, naturally. Right. But anyways, before I was interrupted, uh, <laughs> we <laughs> started talking and Em's like, oh, I have a coach project event that night, actually. So you know, she's flexing on me low key and just like, you know, <laughs> I'm speaking on coach project and I'm pretty cool. And I'm like, yeah, you are. And so then she does that. And I'm like, oh, I'll have to check it out. Like send me the link. So we swap videos and stuff after. And did you, did you watch that one? I don't know. I don't know if I ever watched that one. No. I don't know if I ever put the recording anywhere. I don't yeah. know if you would have watched yeah. it. I think on YouTube maybe, but, maybe, yeah. um, but anyways, you, I was like the next week I was having Caroline Owens on and you had been on her podcast. Mm-hmm. And so I was listening, trying to get ready to work with her. And I was like, let me listen to her podcast. She believed podcast. Go check it out, everybody right now. 
especially my episode with her and Emily's episode with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but did, I listened to that and I was like, this girl on here is super hype, right? Like I remember <laughs> that was when I was first exposed to hype, Emily. I think you had like injected coffee into your veins <laughs> that morning or something like that, took an adrenaline shot before you got on there. And so Emily's like super excited, but like you had a lot of good stuff to share mm-hmm. naturally because you're the goat, right? Mm, thank you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she shared all this good stuff. I was like, wow, this girl's baller. Then I put it together that it's you, mm-hmm. the girl I've been messaging. And so I'm like, hey, maybe we could do one of these together. And you're mm-hmm. like, absolutely. I love looking at your face. <laughs> Would love to do it live on a Zoom call, you know? And uh, <laughs> so then I'm just telling the story. <laughs> Uh, as I remember it. So then right. I crush it with Crow. We launched the key excellence at night. Then we kind of planned, you know, the last one's going to be Emily Harpole and Father Jonathan Meyer. What a trio. <laughs> Emily Harpole, Father Meyer, Nathan Crankfield. <laughs> one of my favorite group of three people I've ever been a part of in my life, right? <laughs> so just a squad. And so we're kind of leading up to it and we do um, this kind of prep Zoom call. Like I had been doing calls with everybody all the girls and the priests and stuff like that leading up, just kind of get to know the people. Cause I'd never met any of mm-hmm. the girls in person yet. Right. Cool that I've met all of them in person now, most of them multiple times, uh, which is really fun. But uh, yeah. So we, we did this like kind of prep zoom call thinking it's going to be what, like 30 minutes an hour. Yeah. I was expecting 30 minutes as well. And you said we, you normally did 30 minutes with the yeah, girls too. Sometimes 20. Yeah. We talked for three hours, <laughs> three hours, three hours. Now, to most who know us, that's probably not surprising because we both, both have talking. a lot to say all the time. And this is during quarantine, so there's really like nothing popping. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you hadn't left the house, I think, in like 28 no. days at that point. Yeah. And so I had just like gotten back to Cincinnati, so I'm just kind of chilling home alone. Uh, but we do that that first Zoom call, and there's some good moments I think that come in that, especially at the end. Do you want to talk about that? I know that meant a lot to you. Yeah, at the end. Um, so I mean, we had been talking back and forth, and obviously, like you know, flirting a little bit or different things. Like there's often, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's obviously an interest, <laughs> but um, yeah, at the end of the zoom call, you're crazy. At the end of the zoom call, um, I'm trying to think of how you exactly brought it up, but basically I just kind of said, Hey, you know, I mean, yeah, there's no easy way to do this, right? Like yeah. there's no easy way to bring this conversation up. So yeah. I'm just like, Hey, so, you know, we just talked for three hours. I didn't think it was going to be this long, but basically I had just done a video on like emotional chastity and different things like that. And he had watched it. Right. And so he brought that up and he said, you know, I just want to like kind of address, that. address this basically. Yeah. Cause since you know it's important to, to you and whatnot. And um, basically just said, you know, that like, Oh, well, yeah, but yeah, it's to both of us for sure. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. Sorry. It's important <laughs> to both of us. It's okay. So he brought it up and he was talking about how just kind of, um, you know, he thinks I'm like great and, and all these different things. He's attracted to me and everything like that. And so just like wants to address that that's there. And, but then also you wanted to say that you had like, you had fairly recently gotten out of a relationship. Yeah. Very recently. Um, and I, and so that you like, weren't quite in a place and honestly, and I was in like a similar place, um, more emotionally, I wasn't in a relationship, but I was kind of emotionally attached to somebody at that point. BC classic, right? BC classic. (laughs) a Benedictine college classic. So I was kind of like, well, me too, you know, and we were kind of in the same place and we were like, okay, that's good to know that both of us are in this the home of emotional virtue ministry. Also the home of emotional and chastity on fleet. On fleet. Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> anyways. I just had to say <laughs> that's that. It. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so we were both kind of in the same place and we both were kind of feeling the same thing. 
And, um, yeah, it was just really good to have that conversation. But I remember you, you even also made told a joke. Me that you were also attracted to me that night. Yes, true. I do recall that. Okay. <laughs> so then we, um, you know, just kind of wanted to watch ourselves with that. But it was really funny how addressing it kind of made it even harder to be. Oh yeah. Emotionally. Then we were extra flirty. <laughs> then we were extra flirty after we're that. Marco Polo. But we were, but we were aware of what was going on in each on other's phone. lives, and it wasn't like it was this gray area of just wondering because we were like texting each other and like wondering how the other person was feeling. I was so grateful right. that you were so upfront, and that you were so like, I am interested in you. Here's where my heart is. We'll kind of keep seeing where it's going, and we'll do this event together and, and go from there. Kind of. Amen, know? sister. Yeah. So then we go and I'm like, let's do a little IG live oh, to, to advertise the event, right? To talk uh-huh. about the Holy Happy Hour. It was like two days before it, I think. I forget what I did that day. I like screwed up and left my keys in my office or I did something yeah, dumb. Yeah, you did. And it was like 10 o'clock at night by the time I had to do it, 1030 East Coast. And you're in Denver, so you're just living your dream. It's still like <laughs> eight o'clock, at least 45 minutes before your bedtime. So you're like, <laughs> sure, let's hop on. And so we get on and do this IG live. And I sent you some questions ahead of time because my girl likes to be prepared. And so I added a few goofy questions. He added these goofy questions at the bottom that were like, um, how long have you been obsessed with me? Yeah, stuff was like it that. an immediate thing or did it take time to get to this level of being in love? And I was like, who is this Why guy? Why are you so attracted to me? <laughs> no. And so I added those questions, right? And at the end You're of the IG live. Me. Yeah. I'm like, so do you want to cover? There's some other questions that I emailed you. You want to go over those? And you about pooped your pants, but <laughs> you were just kind of like, uh, uh, no, we can save those for another <laughs> for time. Thursday. Y'all should go on his Instagram and see the video because knowing the backstory is so funny. It's a classic. Where he's like messing with me at the end. And I was like, oh my gosh, who is this guy? Yeah. You know, but I did always love, I mean, I've always loved your boldness. Yeah, you have. And, and still never, do most and of the time now. most of the time. Not all of the time. And I've never had to question if you were pursuing me. That's I've right. never had to question those things. And that's something I've been very grateful for. Thank you. Feel free as we continue on to to sing my praises. It's always appreciated. <laughs> so then we do the holy happy hour, right? We crush that. Crushed it. And it's like the longest holy happy hour ever. Father Meyer thinks we're in love at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And we had a phone call after. Yeah. He wanted to talk afterwards. And well, I was- there was actually, I remember like kind of you either you texted me something or or whatever. I can't remember. But I like, like wanted to go to bed. I didn't want to talk any after. No, there was something bigger than that. I feel like you I said remember. something that like really made me unhappy. I can't remember it either. But well, the reason why I share that is because you called. Yeah. Like you did. You said like we something were... that was like kind of uh, like you just you didn't word it well. Or I, I can't remember. I mean, I'm not saying this like yeah, obviously to bash you. Um, but, but it was, it was something actually, that like, like put us... heroic that you did this because it was, it was mm-hmm. one of you've done that a few times. There's been a few moments like that. And usually in every one of those pivotal moments for us, one of us set up or stepped up mm-hmm. and like did the heroic thing. And you did it in this moment. Like you would text me something that made me unhappy. And then you called me because you could tell that I was unhappy. Right. You were to address like, it rather than just texting. Exactly. And just it. kind of leave it alone or go to bed or leave it or whatever. And so on that phone call, I, I suggested the idea that I had kind of prayed about and thought about that we should take a week off mm-hmm. from talking because mm-hmm. we had been talking a lot. It's a pandemic. It was a crazy time. We're both kind of isolated and we're just like, I'm like, you know what? I really like this girl. Um, I think she's amazing, but I'm like, maybe we just need a week off to just kind of discern and think and all that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and make sure we're not just filling a void. Exactly. That each other had, yeah. Know? We're both kind of coming out of stuff mm-hmm. with other relationships and things like that. So I'm like, let's just take some time off. And you were uh, reluctant, I think, but agreed that it was mm-hmm. practical and, and prudent. 
And so we did that, right? Mm-hmm. And then I had like a super stressful week. And then we come back together. Did we Zoom or phone call? Zoom. We Zoomed, yeah. And we come back and Emily's like, I never want to see you again. <laughs> it's a like, oh, okay. <laughs> Can I tell my side of it? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so I was- Disclaimer, this might not be the accurate truth, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I was really stressed about the whole situation and, you know- yeah. And, um, you know, Nathan just kind of came out of nowhere. And I, like he said before, I'm a planner and was like, whoa, like, this is not what I expected. This is not what's going on. Um, you know, I had all these other, like I've said, attachments and expectations and, and whatnot. And I was just kind of freaking myself out. And I really, my heart wasn't open at the time. And, um, so I was getting prepared to kind of like, you know, tell him that I think it might be best to maybe stop talking and different things like that. He always says that this is the first time I tried to break up with him, but this is true. This is not what I meant by that. I just wanted to like, take it slow and kind of wait and see, you know, when we were, we had planned on meeting at some point, cause he comes to Kansas city, which we'll get to that too. But, um, yeah, so I kind of wanted to like, take it slower. Well, I'm getting ready for this. And my sister tells me to go check the mail. And so I go check the mail. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about this. And Nathan had Gosh, Nathan had written all these really like beautiful letters to me um, throughout the beginning of the week. And he really wanted, you know, to me, me to see his kind of thought process and everything that he was working through right. um, during the week. And he also put one of his dog tags from yes, the army in it. Preach. And I opened it and I was like, oh my gosh. And there was a moment where I was like, man, I have all these attachments and I have all these different things to people who, you know, haven't treated me well. And here is like an awesome man actually pursuing me, you know, like I should at least, you know, give it a shot. Right. You know, I was, I was kind of used to not being pursued in a sense. (laughs) I was used to not being pursued that I almost didn't know how to handle it when I was being. And that moment I was just like, dang, was that the next day or was that before it was the call? Literally an hour before the call. Oh, wow. because I still, when I got on, I still hadn't processed all that. Right. So when I got on the call, I was like an You're absolute still, mess. Yeah. Like I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know, you know, you and that's like, why the call nah, was kind of about, weird. You hit me with the Randy Jackson. Yeah. It's a no for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was like really torn because I was like, well, I had been thinking about this all week. And now this is an awesome heroic act of like pursuit, you know, that right. I, that means so much to me. And yeah and so heroic i like that word much more than I know you like it. much more than sweet but yeah, yeah yeah so i appreciate there you go. it You're welcome. Yeah. but it was um yeah it was a moment that i was like so then i was just kind of a mess on the phone call and and nathan <laughs> because he's so good at, he was so good at pursuing me he did not let me yeah what was by his was essentially it. no yeah <laughs> nathan said nope he's like oh we're gonna stop talking i was just like no we're not we're not yeah <laughs> but we're not and he honestly addressed a bunch of things that spoke right to my heart and spoke yeah. right to my fears and i listened first yeah you did listen important. first i was and like you, tell me everything like, and you, you addressed feeling? literally everything and i was like man he's right i I'm think like, i want to go married, for this so get over <laughs> yourself that's essentially what i said you know so <laughs> so then at the end of the phone call basically what we decided on was yeah. we were going to keep talking um and we were going to meet up in yeah we were yeah and so i convince my boss that I have to travel to Kansas City for the sake of my work and he's so like brilliant. okay I, I get it I love your passion to get back out there I'm just like dude you know the, the parishes need me I owe it to the church and so I get out there and uh I, I had I woke up at like 4 a.m central time mm-hmm. 5 eastern I think it was mm-hmm. yeah right and so then um 
I, full I, day of work. Yeah, fly out. I had three meetings all over KC area, uh, drive around all over God's country out here. And uh, <clears throat> then finally drive to Atchison, Kansas, beautiful Atchison, mm-hmm. which I would later begrudgingly call home and um, come out here and <laughs> pick you up to go At on our first date p.m. on a Monday. On a Monday. After being up for like... 18 hours right and it was our first time ever meeting right so we're like 30 minutes in now we finally get to where we met which yeah. is fun <laughs> but it's but great there's a build-up yeah no for sure but yeah it was 10 p.m on a monday super glamorous we went to the college bar and you're just nervous as heck i was nervous as heck i couldn't stop out. talking i got out of the car he was so hug. tired you could tell that i was beat he was so tired now that i know nathan and i know tired nathan it was like very tired nathan. i was gassed but he and you came were all the way and you had on done another, another one of the coffee injections into the vein. Yep. And we're just, I mean, I thought I had experienced hype Emily on the She Believe podcast. I had not. Mm-mm. I simply had not. I don't know if you snorted cocaine, but there was something <laughs> that snorted pre-workout. Maybe. pre-workout yeah. And you were just on one. Yeah, I was. All types of excited. I was just excited. And it was very, you know, glamorous on the back porch of this college bar. This kind of greasy That's college right. bar in Atchison, Kansas. It was Kansas. beautiful. So, you know, not like the fairy like tale or anything like that, but it was just so great. We got to talk and finally yeah. meet in person and we in hung this, out like, a bit. this shady corner of the college bar that I was like nervous to be at. <laughs> I'm like, are black people allowed out this place <laughs> <laughs> in this town? But it worked out. So It was good. And then he drove, you know, another hour to where he was staying that night. It was just, it was awesome. And then two days later, we went on another date in st joseph missouri went on the walk by the river went to what lunch with one of the went priests. To mass first oh, yeah. and then went to walk on the river yes. went to lunch with one of the priests and we went back to the church to pray because mm-hmm. they had adoration going we didn't even know there was adoration going and it was yeah. so so also Preach remember it. i'm doing the same i had done the st joseph con- consecration um oh and we didn't mention this to interrupt real quick your dating fast ended like 72 hours before i got there Right. For the culture project. Right, right, right. So. But you were doing the St. Joseph. But we were doing the St. Joseph consecration. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves, our first kind of real date, you know. Yeah. This whole day we're talking about. Um, we're in St. Joseph, Missouri. And we go to St. Joseph Cathedral. And adoration happened to be there. We were going to pray for a little bit. And adoration was going on. And we were sitting kind of in the back because we were going to pray rosary together. And we're sitting back there. And Nathan he was just kind of like whispering to me in the back of adoration of talking about how, you know, we've had this buildup and it was basically like we had been going on a lot of dates and whatnot. And he didn't, we didn't want to wait another month until he came back to Kansas to, you know, make it official and kind of um, do that. And so he asked me to be his girlfriend in the back of the cathedral. Yeah. So yeah, we ain't wasting any time here. We love St. Joseph. He's all over the place there. We did. Yeah. And then, yeah, we kind of wrapped up that day. First kiss. <laughs> went down that day. That. Oh, of course. I <laughs> About an hour in later. In the parking lot of some other church. And we went to mass <laughs> that, that day. What a day it was. <laughs> what a day it was. So we love that. And then, you know, like, <laughs> this is, oh, this was the other time. This was the other time. It wasn't the other, this wasn't the next time you almost broke up with me. Um, that's coming later. But this time was the time that we like had a pretty big uh tiff if you will a little tilly was when i found out like two weeks before i left dynamic catholic i had a hunch that i was going to be leaving dynamic catholic yeah. on like a tuesday i think it was this is later in the summer yep yeah and i'm like okay i'm probably gonna be leaving here 
what am I going to do for work? I'm like, I'm dating this girl. Like, I'm already feeling really strongly about you. I had some serious prayer experiences feeling strongly about you. And so I'm like, what am I going to do with this? I got this girl in Kansas. Like, I'm in Cincinnati. If I'm, I came here for Dynamic Catholic. So if I'm not going to be working there anymore, like, do I really need to stay in Cincinnati? You know, like, do I go back to PA? Do I go back to North Carolina? Actual, really God's country, you know, like the greatest state in the union. Or do I go out to apply to jobs in Kansas City? Do I apply down in Texas? What do I do? Do I try to go to AI? I wanted to go to Augusta Institute for school. I'm like, what's the plan here? So I suggest, I talked to you that evening and I'm just like, hey, so like this is happening. What do you think about me like applying for jobs in the KC area or something out there? And you responded. Uh, I freaked out. Hell no. <laughs> I did to not respond. No, no, no. Hell to the no. I was just, it just made me nervous again. Yep. Because we were only two, too fast. two or three months this in is at madness. that point. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> but I just was like really nervous that um, he would come out and things wouldn't work out and I would feel really bad or anything like that and whatnot. And um, right. so I, I got really nervous about it, but I really kind of, we just kind of surrendered it in that way, you know, and um I can't remember when it was that I became more open. To it, it, was it was 48 more... hours later okay, when yeah, President Minnis, the president of Benedictine College, calls Emily and says, hey, remember I met your uh, boyfriend like last month after mass? He seems awesome. I I feel like we need to make him a raven. We need to get him out here to work here in some capacity. And, you know, and then there was a sudden change of heart. <laughs> Emily, overnight, similar okay. to what we experienced in May, but that was is wild. back in the game. That's wild, though, that we had like just been talking about it, and then literally out of nowhere, this opportunity or what? They didn't even have a job yet. They just wanted to kind right. of see if you would be open to if anything opened up on campus, if they could call you and you'd be open to it and different things like That's that. That's right. And so at this point in your life, you're open to every sign other than the fact that I like you, like me <laughs> pursuing. <laughs> you make me sound so bad. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but I was. I again. It was funny. We're getting to the part of where it I was funny, get though. rid of these attachments, but still, right. it was just like was really you know working through all that i'm so thankful for you i'm so thankful for you too so um but it was pretty wild and he you know it was told us about this opportunity i mean it was fast it was pretty fast we hadn't been dating for two months and i'm talking about moving across the country and you had seen people do that before you saw it happening in cleveland yeah Yeah. and the guy moved across the country and it didn't work out and they're kind of stranded there and it's like you were yeah i mean you were you cared about me and you didn't want to see that happen exactly because you're like i'm probably gonna break up with this guy so (laughs) I don't want that to happen. <laughs> Anyways, so. this is, okay, I gave him permission to talk about some of these like other things because we want to make you sure everybody asked knows. Me to lead the conversation. I know, <laughs> but we want people to know that, like, you know, what you see, it's not all just like fine and dandy. There was a right. lot of wrestling, and there was a lot of um, breaking down walls and breaking down attachments and different things like that. It wasn't just, oh, we met, everything's great, love it, now we're engaged. You know, Absolutely. so that's why we're sharing these other details to yeah. kind of break down that stigma. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. And yeah, that's, that's great. I appreciate you sharing that. Mm-hmm. And so then we get on the same page with it. Mm-hmm. I come out in August, right before I, I left, or right after I left uh, Dynamic Catholic. And I go on this like two and a half week road trip and mm-hmm. I go to um, a retreat. I go on a retreat and then I come out to Atchison for like five or six days, yeah. interview yeah. at BC, get the job, all this stuff. So mm-hmm. then it's like, all right, now I'm moving in a month. And, and we didn't see each other for that whole month. Right. This is our longest gap of not seeing each mm-hmm. other before we had gone like two to three weeks typically. 
Um, but this one was like 30 days. Mm-hmm. So I left on the 28th. I remember mm-hmm. I was moving on the 28th and you were coming out like the 26th, Ooh, 27th. Before you say that. Yeah. You left on the 28th and then he went to Denver for a bachelor party. Facts. And he um, reached out to my parents without telling me. Yeah, I did. And Speaking of boldness. Boldness. He went and got dinner with my parents and then stayed at my house with my parent, my parents' house, um, stayed the night there. And spent like the whole time with them and just, you know, my parents fell in love with him. On your birthday. On my birthday. It was my birthday. And yes, again, like loved the boldness, loved that he was able to, you know, felt comfortable doing that. And, you know, they said they felt comfortable through it all. And it was just really cool moment as well. So props. We had a great time. Uh, yeah, it was so good. So then we're apart for a month. Yeah. And then a few weeks later, I go to speak at, um, at Father Myers Parish, right? Remember, yeah. And so I did like Friday night with the young adult group, I want to say, then Saturday night with the youth group. And so I'm doing, I'm giving talks, and I stay at the rectory there. This is one of my best Father Meyer experiences. I love this time uh, with him there. <laughs> um, I'll never forget doing night prayer with him that Friday night. But that's a song for another time. But on the drive home, I remember I finished this talk, I crushed it with the youth group, and then I'm driving home, and I call you. Mm-hmm. And I had some news. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what I shared? He was getting a tattoo on forearm. Wednesday. Yeah. So I'm like five days away. I've done like, I can't remember what stage I was in. I think I did the first consultation with uh, Zach, Zach Good, Zachary Good. Follow him at Zachary Good Art, amazing tattoo artist. Uh, <laughs> but I had already done the first kind of consultation with him and scheduled the appointment. And I was going back on like Monday or Tuesday to finalize the sizing and all that stuff. He's, he's up in like south of Dayton and at aisle nine tattoo shop and i gotta give them a promo they're amazing they're, they're the best and so uh <laughs> i tell you okay okay and so i tell emily i'm like hey so i'll get a tattoo on wednesday and you were i'll say less than thrilled i be have never been the biggest tattoo right fan. so yeah it was a place we had a lot of similarities uh-huh. we have a lot of similarities, we have a lot of similarities. And there's a few places where we differ yes right <laughs> and that's important to share, I think, because that's okay. It's okay, yeah. Right. And you know, tattoos wasn't something that I've never pictured in my relationship or anything like right. that. The you know, again, attachments or different yeah. things like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I was always concerned, but we had so we kind of fought a little bit that night, but really the next like four days were like the biggest fights we've ever had. Mm-hmm. The biggest, yeah, yeah, fights we've ever had leading into like that Thursday, you were coming out. To move and we were moving on like Sunday yeah or maybe you were coming Friday and we were moving on Sunday yeah to move me to Atchison Kansas so like the, the biggest timing was not tight no <laughs> <laughs> the timing wasn't tight but it was also like in hindsight the right. Lord's plan you know absolutely yeah so the night of the tattoo was the biggest point of it all it was yeah. kind of like the the d-day if you will and uh it was an explosion. And I think we were both like on the verge of breaking up that night, mm-hmm. like really, really close, despite mm-hmm. having already paid for your flight and all this stuff. And I'm literally moving there. We were going from like 630 miles to a half a mile apart. Mm-hmm. And we hadn't seen each other in like 27 days. Mm-hmm. So it'd been like all texting, all distance, all this stuff. And, you know, it was like some point in that night where I was like enraged. And I just remember coming to this point. I think that was the only time you've ever yelled at me. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause at that point it wasn't even about the tattoo. It was about right, a bunch yeah. of misunderstanding yeah. and a bunch of like hurting each other. The devil mutual, had gotten in there. Yeah. A lot of mutual so hurting and um, it brought up a whole 
slew of other things, you know? So. Right. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And so we get into this and at some point I just kind of have this like sober moment where I'm just like, I'm like, bro, you're not breaking up with this girl or she's not breaking up with you. And then you're moving there. Mm-hmm. Like, this is too much. Like there's been too much goodness. Mm-hmm. We are both like so overly focused on the bad that was happening in that moment and neglecting the good that had happened for like the last three and a half months. Mm-hmm. Right. Like just completely, completely like tunnel, tunnel vision focused on this, this negativity. And so I'm like, I'm like, M, let's just give it like two weeks. You come out here. We'll move back. We'll drive back together. We have this 14 hours or whatever it was in the car yeah. driving out here because we were towing my car. And I'm like, let's just give it two weeks in person. Mm-hmm. If we want to break up still, we'll break up. And like, we're literally like at that point, almost planning on breaking up in two weeks. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also in hindsight, all, so a lot of my friends were like angry about it or oh, different things yeah. like that. <laughs> I had brought in a few of my friends into the conversation who didn't know Nathan and, and oh, hadn't yeah. been, had their own experiences in relationships and different things like that. And everybody was just mad and it was like super emotional. But the only people that told me that I was being a little irrational, a little irrational were Sarah Swafford and her husband, Andy. Yeah. And, you know, she's my boss. And I remember talking with her and now I'm so grateful for that because both of them were kind of like, they were just so level-headed and they, you know, know relationships and they know that you have these misunderstandings. And both of them were like, when you are in person, that's when you can really discern if this is the right person. If this is like, if this issue that's coming up right now is a habit or if it's like a continual thing, or if it's, right. um, you know, something that can be worked on and something that you can like work on together if it's a continual issue and different things. And I remember Andy Swafford, Dr. Andrew Swafford saying, you know, I'm, I'd be really interested to see how you feel in six months of being in closer distance yeah. and different things, you know, and that, that kind of, that helps so much. Cause we had never had that. We never had that foundation of being in person and getting to know each other um, until you moved. So right so shout out to the Swaffords huge shout out to the Swaffords I I think one of the other things that makes them exceptional or like it makes them an exception from the group of people who you were interacting with was they were married yeah they were actually in relationships yeah Yeah. and like everybody Mm -hmm. else was pretty much single or had been like you know was young and dating or or had been like hurt recently by guys and different things so it was a lot of like other compounding things exterior anger that was contributing to it right and honestly like for men and women out there I think like my perspective of it, I don't think I had talked to, I talked to a couple people about it. I remember sharing it with kind of with Father Meyer and I can't remember anybody else, but I was, I was a little bit more selective, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I was living by myself and stuff like that. You had like four roommates or something yeah. at the time. So it was, you know, we're in different circumstances, but I just remember kind of being at that point of evaluating it when we like hung up from the worst phone call that we had, probably one of us even hung up on each other. And I just remember sitting there and I was just like, okay, kind of calculating it. Right. And this is what I think is what I, what I call like the infantry officer in me, right. That can step back from a battle and be like, okay, now let me like put my platoon leader hat on. Right. Like, so I'm not actively engaged because I can't play the private who's actively engaged in warfare and be the platoon leader who's level-headed and thinking about what we need to do next. So I say, okay, let me step back here. Let me put my platoon leader hat on, right. My company commander hat and evaluate the circumstances. So I evaluate the situation, kind of think about it all. And I put that together. Mm -hmm. I'm like, 
and I, I think I shared it with you that night. Yeah, They're like, been, you're getting you a lot of, back. yeah. And I'm like, there's a lot of advice coming to you from people who are like angry at men mm-hmm. and are unhappy and are single. Um, and we hadn't been around each other for a really long time. So it's easier to. Exactly. And I'm like, we haven't been around and uh, like everything that happened that day was like interpreting things we were doing on social media right. or yeah. text messages. We hadn't talked all day. Reading into things and like making, exactly. you know. And so I'm seeing, I'm just like, that's kind of what put me into the point of despite how angry I was, despite how I didn't like what I'd seen that day, I was able to say, okay, this isn't a good, like sober, mm-hmm. accurate depiction of like what this could be like. Mm-hmm. So let's just give it some time, see if we can recuperate yeah. from this. And I do also remember one of my roommates at one point, she said, because I was like, if he wasn't moving here tomorrow, literally, you know, right. I would probably break up with him or different things. And I remember her saying, like, there has to be reason in this timing. You know, there has to be reason in right. why it's kind of keeping you together in that yeah. sense. And so it is kind of in in a way God's timing of, um, you know, who knows what would have happened if you were if you hadn't taken that job, if you right. were moving like later, different things like that. Who knows? I could have moved earlier. Yeah. yeah you know, so. so it's just, yeah, there's timing in all of it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just such a good thing to talk about because I think this is a big like seeking excellence teaching moment of just be careful who you take counsel from, mm-hmm. who you get advice from, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think that people all the time, I, I heard this a lot in like financial circles of like, you don't take money advice from someone who's broke, mm-hmm. right? Like you don't take marriage advice from a divorced person. And like, can people who have made bad decisions, like guide you away from those decisions? Yes. But do you want to make them your primary mentor or guide in those right. circumstances? No. doesn't mean that if you're single, you can't give decent dating advice to people. Right. But you have to recognize your limitations, right? Like I can't, I don't go around trying to give people marriage advice because I'm not married yet. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so uh, I think that we have to really evaluate, you know, like how, where am I at when I'm, when you're the person giving advice, like, Mm -hmm. am I really good for this? Or should I be pointing them to somebody else and just listening? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, when you're the person seeking advice, whether it's money, professional advice, right. Fitness advice, like you don't want a a fat physical trainer, right? you know, (laughs) because it's like, what are you here to teach me? If you can't do it yourself, like you're not going to teach me and be my guiding light and how to do this. So it's so important for people to recognize that and, and kind of be sober minded and it's easy to get emotional about these things and just be like, well, I trust my dad or I trust my friends or I trust this person. And it's like, mm-hmm. nah, dog, like show me the fruit on their tree that gives them the authority in your life or that ought to give them authority in your yeah. life to, to help guide you. And the other thing I want to note in a relationships way, um, just like, you know, I was really worried that about making the wrong decision or like dating somebody who wasn't good for me or wasn't right for me or different things. And that those fears were really getting at me. And I would often jump at the, like, if there was like one example of something being off or if there was like one imperfection or if there was one thing, you know, I would just throw it out. Um, And rather kind of the Swaffords taught me to look at patterns and look at habits. And they were like, this is your first big fight. This is your first big disagreement. You know, there's roots to the fight and there's roots to this misunderstanding. So you have to kind of watch your relationship and see if that's a habit, if that's a pattern, you know, and if it is a pattern, then it's probably not going to work out. So if you're listening to this and you're like, well, we, we kind of fight about something, you know, different things like that, you know, if it's a habit and it's like a, it's a continual thing, that's something to maybe draw attention to, but nobody's perfect and no relationship is perfect. And so you have to kind of guard yourself in that as well, because yes, we want, we want what's best. We want this beautiful relationship, but you can't just run away after the first big disagreement right. because 
that's what our culture t- tells us we can do even in marriage. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was really important in that regard of, um, of me kind of letting go of those fears in a sense and being like, it's okay to have a disagreement and we can work through it and different things like that. So, right. so it was a pretty crazy point for us. And, um, we ended up like kind of finishing it there where Nathan said, if we, we were going to give it two weeks and I did go to Cincinnati, helped him move. Yeah. <laughs> we had 14 hours in the car that were actually really, really great. We you had know, a lot of good we had a lot of good conversations and we talked about different things and sang a lot of country music together, sang a lot of country music, which we love doing together. <laughs> and, um, yeah, got him here. It was super stressful getting him settled in and, um, trying to fin- figure all that out. Um, and truly when I look back on those, that time, it was all grace that we made it through that time. We just yeah. kind of kept kind of fighting through it and whatnot. And we had some the really great times together. Great. Yeah. The first two weeks. I said they weren't. Like, yeah, the exactly. two weeks weren't great. Yeah. Like it's not like we got here and it was like, oh, okay, it's all better now. Like yeah. those two weeks were rough. I remember being there was points in those two weeks that I was more frustrated than I was the night that we fought. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I was just like, I don't think I could do this. Like I don't think this is we gonna work. We were just like missing each other. A yeah, we're both like still kind of just obstinate and like stubborn and you know, and being hard headed and stuff like that yeah. towards each other. And then what happened? And then we went to a wedding. We yeah. And it was Alessandro DeSanto's wedding. I love giving shout outs. So you, shout you out have to, a lot of shout outs yeah. in our story. Shout out to DeSanto, uh, Big Sandy, my boy um, from high school, co-founder of Hallow. <laughs> go download the Hallow Prayer app if you haven't yet. And uh, <laughs> so we go to his wedding. I'm a groomsman in his wedding. And come home. That was kind of, but oh. I mean, before that, like, that was like, I remember going on that and like, it was like two days before we left it. I was just like peak frustrated. And I was just like, man, this is tough, you know? And I think that we're going to share a lot of the stuff for the end, but we had had so many disagreements on like some things that we would consider like non, I mean, non-negotiables, right? Like that we were disagreeing on at the beginning and we're going to share some of those at the end and kind of backtrack through it. Um, And I'm realizing today that this is going to have to be a two-part series, but (laughs) I'm uh, looking at the time. Right. Uh, But we're going to get to that in part two, some of those things. And we were just kind of in the the thickness of um, a lot of those, right. Mm -hmm. Like just kind of peeking. I was just like, man, this girl, like, I don't see how we're going to kind of come to an agreement here. Like we have some hard disagreements and things that we don't see the same. And I'm talking like things within family. I'm talking mm-hmm. about, uh, you know, how you raise your children. I'm talking about like where we're going to live, like some of these like core <laughs> disagreements that we're having, but we go to the wedding, even have some disagreements along the way there. Yeah. I remember getting into it at the rehearsal dinner, <laughs> right? Like Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> we, were it, we weren't like yeah, yelling at each yeah. other, but we were like disagreeing you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like uncomfortable and uh and then we go and um have the wedding and we had a great time i think that picture at the wedding of us yeah that a lot of you guys have seen of us dancing on the dance floor and just like i'm holding you yeah up in the air and we're we're just just like having a blast right yeah we love tearing up some dance floor weddings yeah or wedding dance floors um and i think that uh that was huge and that kind of like shows like kind of like a turning point for us really yeah we had a great time go home the next day have dinner with your parents who happen to be in town Mm mm-hmm get home from that boom i realize i can't smell anything or taste anything yeah and you're just on a smelling tear right all through the house smelling everything everything and i tasted everything and you couldn't taste and and you know what that means your girl got the rona she caught the rona (laughs) she caught the rona emily is a covid survivor Um, survivor. she wears the ribbon (laughs) and uh yeah you got covid and Mm -hmm. so 
I'm trying to think. Like, should we call? Maybe should pause we call it, it there? there. That might be a good place to stop. Yeah, I think COVID is really. Really, it goes up point. from here. Yeah, COVID is the turning point. COVID, we owe everything to the coronavirus we in do. a sense. <laughs> Recognizing the loss and pain of so many. Right. We have experienced a lot of goodness through it as well. Yeah. Um, because COVID, in, in many ways, saved us and got us here to this point. So goodness through suffering. We will pick up on that conversation because it was the phone call when you called to tell me you had COVID that really kind of was our U-turn. Everything, yeah. Huge U-turn. Literally. And so we will pick it up there. But thank you everyone for tuning in today into today's episode um, to talk about this with us and to hear some of our story and our journey uh, in the detailed, long version of it. So we're excited to share. Amen to that. We're excited to share from COVID forward and also talk about some of those big disagreements that we have like I said, on, on where to live, the role of the husband, the family, things like fitness and what role that ought to play in our lives, intentionality with our time, some big value stuff, right? So we'll mm-hmm. talk about that and, and much more in the next episode. But thanks for tuning in. My dear, thanks for joining me today. So grateful to be here. Amen. Well, we'll talk with you all soon. Be your best.